Hello, Shamai. Welcome to the Run Wales podcast, a podcast to hopefully inspire, encourage and support social running. You don't have to be a runner to listen to this. In fact, the whole series has been tailored to get people out running. But in the same breath, it'll hopefully be an exciting listen if you're already out there. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Iron Wales. And if you're looking for a running group or more information, do pop by our website, which is also at Iron Wales. Happy running! episode we are joined by Paul Davis, ITV journalist, mental health campaigner, carer and running punk if I'm allowed to say that. Um, It's a really really great another great conversation about mental health and running and really honest and raw and just great so I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Run Wales podcast. My name is Chris Moss. I'm joined as ever by Hannah. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. What have you been up to? Um, West Wales. Oh, I know. Holiday? Yeah. I, I spend a lot of time in West Wales now. Oh, I'm posh. one of those. You're yeah. Like that. So, but I don't get a signal, so I'm quite anxious. Ooh. I know. I'm one of those as well. It's good to have you back. Thank you. And who have we got with us? We have the amazing Paul Davis. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's okay. So if you you tell them, because them is bound to be more than just my mother listening now, <laughs> um, if you tell them who you are and we'll go from there, is it? Yeah, so uh, I'm a journalist. I work for ITV News uh, here in Wales, in Cardiff. Uh, and yeah, I'm a super keen runner and um, I'm a carer as well for my wife. Nice. We came across you because you did um, a video for us yes. on our, for our YouTube channel launch, I think it was, yep. um, all about mental health. Um, and obviously I follow you on Twitter. I met you through Running Punk, sorry, Running Punks gets a mention just oh, after a minute. Chris gets a bit jealous when we talk about Running Punks. <laughs> no, I should be. Should be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I met you through Running Punks when we did our anti-harassment yes, campaign. Yes. Um, and obviously I followed you on Twitter and I see what a keen runner you are. And I see why you run because you're very vocal about why you run and yes. things like that. And I think the more vocal we are about these things, the better. So yeah. tell us a little bit about why you run. Yeah. So I, I think I've become the journalist on social media who talks about their mental health. I think that's sort of become my my little niche um so yeah running for me is is a huge part of managing my my well-being um it's what keeps me level i think and um yeah i mentioned that you know i'm a carer for my wife she's been ill for probably about 12 years i i've been her carer for all that time also a journalist when things are feeling out of my control uh running is the thing i do for me something that i yeah. can focus on be me uh, and just pour into myself. Uh, so it's, yes, it's such a huge part of my life, and I think over the last eighteen months, especially so. Yeah. And when you say niche, I think that's a fantastic little niche to have myself. Um, and I also think, like, we talk about it a lot, don't we? Running for your mental health. And I know people listen and go, "I've heard this before," but it is so vital, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. I think, you know, I, I when when I first started running, it was. Um, I, my life was so out of control. My wife had just gotten ill, um, so she was getting, you know, she she'd gone from relatively normal to, to um, ill, um, needing a wheelchair to leave the house overnight. I was her carer within maybe like two weeks, um, and we were both nineteen, eighteen, 
and running for me in that time was just trying to get a little bit of control back into my life when everything else was spiraling out of it and something I could focus on and work towards and just you know I knew that in that hour or two hours whatever I was doing I could control what was happening you know whether that was my breathing or Mm. my my stride I could choose when to stop at a time when yeah not much else was in under my control so I guess at that point everything's kind of a million miles an hour and yeah. sort of a lot of uncertainty yeah. and sort of a lot of pressure and I'm, I'm guessing sort of anxious about the future, additional stress and, and running helped a little bit. And, yeah, and absolutely. I, I had no idea what was going on. You know, I was yeah, 19, yeah. Um, caring for this this my girlfriend at the time and yeah, completely out of control. I had no idea what I was doing, making it all up as I went along and I made so many mistakes. Um and you know there were times where I would just be there, you know, doing everything I could to to sort of make her better, try and get her to be better, but she would just get sicker and sicker and sicker. Um, so yeah, being able to have that goal of running, that me time, was just so huge. And and it still is even now, even though she's a bit better, and you know I've been able to build a career and that sort of thing. Just having yeah, this this is the one. It's it's one of the things I do just for me. And, uh, yeah, so valuable. Yeah, it's a constant and it's a reliable thing to do as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, funny enough, before you came in, I was talking to the girls in the office about, like, why I run. And, I mean, a lot of it is for mental health, mm. but a lot of it is to have that me time as well. And, like you said, you can control it. You've got, you know, you've got that sat-nav on and yeah. off you go. And I think it's it's really vital. The me time is important anyway, but especially when things are quite chaotic at home. How, how important do you think it is to have that, that as Hanson mentioned to that, that me time as something that you're in control of? Because you just mentioned that I'm in control of it for an hour, yeah. two hours. I can run or I can walk or I can, I can just do whatever. How important do you think it is just to, when you're on that, almost that merry-go-round of life, work, things are going, things are going on, to actually mm-hmm. just have a bit of time to yourself? How valuable do you think that is? Oh, it's huge. I mean, I think running for me has almost become slightly meditative um, in that it's probably the only time where I'm not uh, overwhelmed by some sort of distraction. So, you know, my mind is just able to, to, to run free, I suppose. I don't really think about what I'm doing when I'm running. I don't, I don't, I, I don't like the idea of doing intervals or, you know, all these sorts of mm. things that um, better runners do. I just like to just run as fast as I can for as long as I can and just see what happens and just let my mind go. And I think that, that almost clears it out um, and it allows me to almost defragment, I think. Um, but yeah, no, it's just so important that that people take that time for themselves, just to you know whatever that is, whether it's running, you know, it could be anything, whatever hobby it is, just to yeah, focus on 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 themselves. And especially in the, you know the last eighteen months, you know, you know for me as as a journalist, I've you know I've. I were, you know, my work is the pandemic. Then my personal life is the pandemic, yeah. and you know, we were worried at one point. My wife was shielding. We didn't know what would happen if she caught it. You know, whether that would take us all the way back to when she was bedbound. You know, we had no idea what the virus, you know, something like this could do to her. So to have that level of of you know, oh, hanging over you in work at home. Actually, when I went out for a run, there was no one around. I didn't have to worry about where close I was to people. Yeah. Um, and I could just leave all of that behind me. Yeah. I think going back a little bit there, you you really hit the nail on the head. I think 
when you're suffering um, with your mental health, I think I think we tend to overcomplicate everything. Mm. And I think I've been guilty of that, even with running. Yeah. And I think when you said then, I just go for as fast as I can, for as long as I can. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And I think to take the pressure off, you know, like Strava's not gonna no. record how well you feel. Exactly. And I think we need to really start reinforcing that, that Strava's a great tool, mm. that tracking yourself is brilliant. Doing intervals, if that's what you wanna do, is amazing. Yeah. But I think the, the absolute beauty of running is just going uncomplicated and, mm. and coming back and feeling better. Chris, here's a little story for you. Chris mm-hmm. had a face on earlier and he's gone to the gym and he's come back and his face is all happy and pretty again. Oh. No, it was it was like angry and flat earlier, and now. (laughs) But you know what I mean. This is what I'm saying, and I think like again, when you're feeling quite poorly, and I say this from experience, not you know not something I've read. When you're feeling quite poorly, to 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 muster up the strength to go is an awful lot, and I think if you put that pressure on yourself that you've got to do a certain time or Mm -hmm. distance, then you're already setting yourself up for a little fail. I think, like I said, the beauty of it is just go in. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, I've been sat there in in my running gear, uh, you know, fully kitted out, all my all my bits, just sat there in the lounge because I just couldn't get myself out. Yeah, uh, because I was thinking. I'm not going to be able to, you know, get that time that I want to do and and all those sorts of things. Um, so, yeah, so it's one thing I've really tried to do actually over the last few months is just relax about it and actually not care if I'm, you know, doing that 10K as fast as I can um, or if I'm, yeah, if I'm, I'm hitting whatever split I'm aiming for. Do you do that then? Do you go out without the watch? Because it's something, as, as we're speaking to more and more people, yeah. and we get to know more and more, they, they, a lot of people are just obsessed with, with Garmin and Strava and all that yeah. stuff. And, and some people are saying, actually, some of my best runs are just like, I don't even go out, don't go, don't even go out with a watch on. I just, yeah. I just go, run, run how I feel. And I might go out for 40 minutes. I might go out for an hour and a half. I just don't know. I just, I just come back. I might walk a bit. It's just, but that's the bit that they enjoy the most. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've always got, I've got I'm guilty. I've always got Strava on me. Um, I don't have a watch though. I keep it on my phone um, yeah. and I don't really check it all that much unless I'm actually trying to do like a quick time or, or hit a certain distance. And actually, I've started. You know, you've already mentioned it. Running punks. I've um, started See? running. Yeah, can't can't go a few minutes. I started running with them recently, and you know, it's not about we don't run quick. And that it was. It sounds really weird, but I had it never occurred to me just not to try and run quick before. Yeah. Uh, just go out and run and chat, and I'd never ever done that before, and I actually found it really sort of liberating. Yeah. Um, so I just yeah, just enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know, got in however many, you know, kilometres or miles. Yeah, just just enjoyed the run. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's this weird thing, but I, yeah, it just never occurred to me that I couldn't just try and go as hard as I could. Yeah. So Dr. Ashley Morgan who takes like yeah. she sort of unofficially leads the Cardiff runs, she doesn't does, she? Yeah. Um, I was speaking to her about it and she's never run with people, she's never liked mm. to run with people. She's always yeah. trained quite yeah. hard and quite fast and a physical runner. Yeah. And the first couple of times she started meeting the guys and she was like, I'm not going to like this at all. <laughs> and then, and she was like, I literally found my tribe. I was yeah. so happy. She uh, like, she's, it's quite historic, but she made like a funny little noise in a tunnel. And she yeah. told you this yeah, story. No, I heard her doing it. Because she was just so happy. She didn't know what to do. So she made this funny little noise because she was so grateful yeah. to have company and just enjoy the, the run. Yeah. 
Because it's a different level social running with with company, isn't it? So, yeah, and that's been almost sort of for in the last few months an interesting transition for me in my running is that it has always been a very solitary thing for me, and it's always been very personal, something I I I, I want to do on my own. I still do, but having that community element uh, brought brought into it over the last sort of well since this year started has just been really nice. Um, yeah, just finding people who are you know just into the same thing yeah just have a bit it's, of ma- it's massive that bit I, I, I suppose everyone's different but it is like you say it's different running with people for mm-hmm. me it's just much easier running with people because you're chatting because you're yeah. not looking at you're not looking at watch when, when you run on your own I don't care who you are when you run on your own and you've got you've got your Garmin on and it beeps it's almost impossible not to check it and you're like, yeah. how quick was that my way how, how, how quick? <laughs> it's almost impossible. When, when you're running with someone else it's almost like you're just chatting away, the, the watch can go off, you almost feel rude if, you, if you're checking it. And But for me, it just goes so much quicker. Yeah. yeah. It does, it flies by. Well, it's distracting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 run, I run with one or two other people and some, sometimes one, someone will be injured or mm-hmm. one of the boys has moved away now. He, he, phoned, he phoned me yesterday and said, oh, you've been running? I was like, no, because I've not had anyone to run with. So it's like, that, that might say something about my motivation, but I think it does make a difference if you're going to meet people and, you, and you're having that social side to it. It's, it's, the group element for me is, is, is quite big. Yeah, it's the only thing that gets me out of bed in time because I'm not an early runner at all. I'm an afternoon runner once I've eaten loads and my body's warmed up. But yeah, I'll, I'll get out on a Sunday morning to run if there's a group waiting for me. It's um, that guilt feeling, isn't it? It's like that actually yeah. someone is going to be waiting on that call yeah, for me. And if, yeah. if I'm not there, they're going to be, what's going on? But that, motiv- actually got to get there. that motivation is far easier when you know you're going to have a nice time, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah. like, I can never be asked to run, if I'm totally <laughs> honest. But if I know I'm meeting people... I love it because yeah. it's just you don't know what conversations you're going to have you don't know what you're going to learn you don't know and it's just nice it's lovely yeah really nice and like you said it's new people as yeah. well like you yeah. always I think with a social running group you're always cheering in new people yeah. so you are running with different people then as well Absolutely. and I think it sort of not puts your problems into perspective by any means but it's nice to sort of forget about your problems for oh, a yeah, bit yeah you can just chat about whatever yeah it doesn't have to be a heavy yeah I'm just going to go back to something Hannah Hannah said and, and challenge it a little bit. Cause, oh, here we go. Because <laughs> Hannah would say to me, you know, running and mental health, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. But I would say men in particular mm. don't talk about it enough. Yeah. And that, that's very much a theme that's been coming through. Some people don't feel comfortable about it. I'd say I wouldn't I wouldn't normally talk about mental health. Yeah. I mean, how important is it, do you think, that you're vocal, you're, you're, you're on social media, you're talking about it, and what, what sort of reaction has there been to that? Yeah, um, and... I guess I'll, I'll start by saying I hate I hate talking about my mental health, uh, which is funny because I do it all Welcome. the time. Yeah, right. And um, I do it because I know I because because when when my mental health is bad, when when I'm struggling with anxiety or depression, I don't I don't want to talk about it to anyone. And when I feel that way, I I just know that well, if you don't want to do it, it's probably because you need to do it. Yeah. Um, and that and that's sort of where it starts for me. Um, you know, it's, I love that it helps people. Um, but I think first and foremost, I talk about it because it does help me as well. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's the reaction I've had, well, you know, over the last few years, but over the last probably six months or so, even more so has been, has been amazing. People reach out, have been reaching out to me a lot. Um, I've had to take some time away from work recently, um, just to sort of, prioritize my mental health and get myself back on track and you know I've been able to do that I've been able to get back on you know back into work back picking things up um 
but being honest and sharing that stuff you know i've got journalists from all over you know the uk messaging me you know privately just saying you know they feel exactly the same yeah um and you know they might not feel like they're able to talk about it as vocally yet um but you know they they've said that they that they really appreciate that somebody is yeah um, and it is super important you know in my workplace at ITV, I'm one of the mental health first aiders. I'm like one of the mental health sort of champions that they, they call us. And I've made, where I made myself very vulnerable in that newsroom because it's not the situ- it's not a, a, a workplace that's traditionally allowed for it. Yeah, um, which isn't a you know not not a sort of reflection on, on my colleagues at all, but it's just the the industry. Yeah. Um, it's quite it can be quite cutthroat and you know uh, and it can be difficult to show vulnerability because people think oh it's going to reflect badly on me and and those sorts of things but I've been really vulnerable with people and I think that's earned sort of a lot of trust um, from people I work with um, and that's really helped build a really nice culture there actually Mm. where where people are honest people are talking about mental health a lot um and it's, um, it, I think it's been really positive. But um, yeah, no, I mean, the reaction overall has just been wonderful. Um, people, yeah, people reaching out, just sending their support. Um, it's been, yeah, really, really helpful for me. When you said then um, that you took some time, like obviously I follow yeah. you on Twitter, so I've seen this journey. Yeah. But when you said then that you took some time out to prioritise your mm. mental health, I could have literally screamed with joy then because <laughs> I think that is one of the most important things yeah that anyone can say is yeah. I have to stop mm. I need to prioritize what's going on in my head yeah. I think it's I think it's amazing what you did oh, thank you I really do and I think it's so you know and like you said like and like I've said time and time again it's a it's a brilliant tool running but it's yeah. not the be all and end all it's not the fixer no it's not everything yeah. else has to come in place for that to even work yeah and and for me you know I um, you know, life can be quite hectic. You know, I'm, I'm managing obviously sort of the journalism being, you know, being a journalist is quite a full on job with caring for my wife who sometimes, you know, needs a lot of, lot of care. Um, and that can be a lot. Uh, so, you know, it's hard for me to go, oh, I need to take time back for myself because you feel like, oh, I'm going to let this, you know, I'm going to let work down. My wife down. It's dropping the plates. It's dropping it? the plates. Yeah, and 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 you know, for me, I think yeah, it was in, in June. I just got onto a point where I knew that I could not carry on with with everything that I was doing, um, and you know, I couldn't put down the plate of my wife. I yeah. didn't want to. So obviously, work was the thing that had to go. Um, and you know, I just didn't want to. It was really hard to to do it because you know, I, I'm. You know, so they're thinking like, oh, I've made such good progress. Like I'm doing so well. I've got good momentum in this, and then I don't want everyone to think, oh, he can't do it. Um, but you know, I mean, I, and that's not what's happened at all. Um, you know, my my team have been great and they've supported me all the way. But um, yeah, taking that time out. I mean, I, I I don't know what state I'd be in right now if I hadn't taken that time then. Um, you know, those three weeks just to focus on me. And you know what, like. I almost watching watching the Olympics. You know, the Olympics have been on, and just seeing athletes at the top of their game making those similar decisions mm. when they are at the Olympics on the biggest stage of them all. 
I just it's just so positive. Yeah. Because it makes it, it just inspired it's inspired me. Um, Simone Biles has really inspired me. We were talking about that. Earlier. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually put it to the forefront now. Is it more? Yeah. People are talking about it. Absolutely. And and if she can do it at you know a point where you know people consider the Olympics to be the peak of you know the sport yeah. the the peak of a career, but she can go actually myself I it's matter more, more than this gold medal. I think that's hugely encouraging for anyone who, you know, might be thinking, oh, I can't, you know, can't step away from work or I can't, you know, I can't play this thing down for now. Um, no, if, if, if those people can do it and those people can, you know, do it at the level they're doing it, then, then, then I can do it. Yeah, I think as well, like, um, I was speaking to someone the other day about how our imaginations are brilliant but they can be really unhelpful mm. and if we look too far forward and like we will always look at the worst case like as an anxious person myself you will always look at the worst case scenario so if I need some time off I'd be thinking exactly like you like oh, I've made all this progress I don't want them to think I'm vulnerable yeah. even though I'm quite vocal about being vulnerable I don't want to look perhaps weak in yeah. my field yeah. But again, if your head isn't in the right place, you're no use to anyone anyway. Exactly. And and going back to, you know, your question earlier, like men are the worst of that. Yeah. You know, and everybody is, but the, the sort of men not wanting to admit vulnerability because it, it was a sign of weakness. It was so yeah. bad. I was, was going to pick up on that because I, I like the way you used the, the, the word vulnerability. I, I'm, I'm happy to be vulnerable with people, whereas yeah. a, a, lot, a lot of men would traditionally go, it's a sign of weakness. It's mm. like, if I ask for help or I stop and go, actually, I'm struggling, I put my hand up that's a sign of weakness and, mm. and that, that I think has been traditionally how people have people have viewed things and people saying actually I'm vulnerable at the moment and yeah. being open and sharing your vulnerability I think is really really important yeah and actually and I've, I've uh, the way I sort of see it is that it's I actually see it as a massive strength because you know I'm I'm happy to share my vulnerability with people because I'm not afraid of afraid of what might happen mm. um and it's like I think of like you know like the animal kingdom you know like a lion doesn't walk or you know, doesn't cower or like try and keep its like belly you know like not exposed like it struts around. I think if you can strut around, let your vulnerability be like, out there for yeah. people. I think that that's a massive sign of strength. Yeah, I had strength in my head. You know, when I was thinking, I, I felt vulnerable, and I was thinking, no, it's probably the strongest thing you can do yeah, is to say, absolutely. whoa, now. Yeah things are not good at the moment for whatever reason and I, and I think that's something going back to glick to that but going back to what we've seen with the coverage of the olympics mm. i think what this olympics is is, is showing us for, for whether it's intentional or not is a lot more about the athletes that are winning the medals and, and sort of the backstory of the athletes and, and yeah. athletes have been much more open to share the backstory because yeah. i think a lot of times like well done you're the olympic champion oh my god this is an amazing person mm. but actually it's like do you know the journey i've been on the last five years to get yeah. actually yeah. this has happened this has happened people have had some traumatic things happening in their life they're like well actually and I've, I've managed to get a medal mm. i think sometimes we just hold the olympians up and go oh my god they're amazing they must be superhuman well, yeah. actually what what this olympics is, is, is put to the forefront is there's not there's people behind mm. the performances and actually understand that journey is really important yeah it's really refreshing it gives yeah. the full context doesn't it I mean, personally, I've, I've always loved, I've always engaged more with the Paralympics than the Olympics. Mm. And I think it's because the, the personal element come out, comes out a lot more. You get a feel for what they've overcome, for what you know, journey they've been on, what their aspirations are. I think just because they're, I don't know, maybe it's because they're, they're uh, not 
media trained as much. Uh, yeah. So they can just be, they're just a bit more themselves. Um, so I've always engaged a lot more with that. So yeah, it's nice that that's coming out across across sport. It's, it's, it's with, 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 obviously with, with Dina's interview and Simone Biles, yeah. you mentioned, it's kind yeah. of like, you really get the emotion behind it and mm-hmm. go, actually, it's refreshing to see someone, that, not refreshing to see someone upset, but almost just be totally open and honest and go, do you know the journey I've been on the last month, the last two weeks, and how difficult it is, and the mental toll it's taken on, having an injury going into going into it, and the pressure that the media are putting on you, the, the expectations. And these, these are the bits that I find important about my role within, like, Run Wales Welsh Athletics, mm. because I'm always, like, I'm always really vocal about people's stories. Yeah. I want the human behind it. I think it's great that people run an ultra marathon, but I want to know what drives them. Yeah, I want to know how they did it. Yeah. And I want people to see that, because I think... You know, like, I, I, it's a, re, a retold story and story and story. I started running, there's a long story behind that one, but the, the initial, I saw a girl that I went to school with who also hated PE running the Cardiff Half Marathon. Oh, wow. And, you know, I had seen that and something clicked in my brain. And I think the more you can show people the real world and, and what's going on, the, the better you know we're not going to get everybody running we're not going to everybody who listens to this who suffers with mental health is not going to go to their employer and go i don't feel well yeah, yeah but if they know that someone has done it they've got that option and i think it's really important to just keep telling the stories yeah i think it's just about giving people license to do it i think you know, people people knowing that actually people can you know you can do it and it's you know i obviously can't speak for all employers but mine mine were great yeah. And you know your your manager or whatever isn't necessarily gonna you know react badly. Like yeah. there are lots of great people out there who who will who will do the right thing and, and help you through it. I'd say a lot of employers, especially over the last eighteen months, have you said have actually woken up a little bit yeah. you know, and gone mm-hmm. actually this is this is serious. We yeah. need to put some intervention. A lot of workplaces now mental health champions, mental health first aiders being yeah. trained out, which I think is can only be a positive. Absolutely, yeah. I think what was really refreshing to hear you say is that you know you are quite vocal on social mm-hmm. media, you're, you're on Twitter, etc. But but to say actually you're raising the awareness of, of people being open and honest about mental health and talking about it. But actually, if they're not, if, if people aren't open to doing something publicly, they've been messaging you privately and yeah. sort of going, Do you know, yeah. I'm feeling the same. Thanks yeah. so, so much for talking about it. And, we, and that's that's very much been the theme throughout a lot of the people that we've had in across, yeah. across this series is going actually. Not, not everyone's comfortable to share on social yeah, media, but I've had yeah. so much contact in the background yeah. of people going, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to say it on Facebook, I didn't want yeah. to say it on Instagram, but actually yeah. what you've said has really helped me and I'm, I'm glad that somebody else is feeling the same. It's kind of like sharing... But it's like like yeah. Jonathan who came on last week and he was saying that he noticed during like his men's only sessions came about because he noticed how quiet some of the men had gone on their sure. social media group. Yeah. And he had picked up like that's what I say, so into in in into that one. Yeah. That one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's long it's been a long day. Um but like amazing that he noticed that. Yeah. You know, yes. and that it's a, it is a vital part these days. Yeah, I mean, certainly I use social media uh, to, to like talk and to yeah get you know, and raise awareness and, and all these sorts of things. But it doesn't have to be that. Obviously, mm. you know, ultimately all all I want people to do, all I want people to feel they can do, is to talk to someone. Uh, and you know that that's that's where it starts. Yeah, that's where it started for me, uh, and that that's the important thing. Yeah, I mean, don't you know, doing it publicly that doesn't. No, you don't have to do no. that. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone's like us, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and there is so much support in the background, isn't there? I, yeah. I, 
I, I'm not good on social media, but I can do a tweet every now and then. I do follow you on Twitter, and I actually signed, signed up for Miles for Mind. Yes, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm running 100 miles uh, this month. Um, Ooh, nice. Yeah, to raise money for Mind, um, the mental health charity. You know, I have had a lot of support from them over the last, well, five, six months. Um, I was doing sort of counselling uh, counselling stuff through them, accessing their resources, and yeah, it's been really helpful for me. I mean, I've I've, I've had counselling and and you know been working on my mental health for probably about a decade, you know, various mm. times. But yeah, it was really helpful to have to to know, especially where you know we are in a, a situation where mental health services, you know, through the NHS uh, are really stretched. You know, mm. they're in huge waiting lists. But um, no, they were able to give me the support I needed when I needed it. And um, yeah, so I'm just yeah wanting to run because I love running, but also um, uh, raise a bit of money for them as well while I'm doing it. Amazing. Yeah, that's really, that's really cause we've got a lot of people across Welsh Lakes and Rome that are connected to various yeah. various parts of mine and they do some amazing, amazing work yeah. when you do that. And some of the resources are, are phenomenal on the, on the website. Just, just oh, it, on it's there. brilliant. You know, I had... Um, I probably had about six weeks where, um, you know, I was having weekly calls with one of the guys that works there. They were taking me through this, like, um, it was like, it was fundamentally a, um, a, a self-guided um, sort of like course, but they would, they would call me every week. They would talk about it, how I felt doing it, what I got out of it. And they would just guide me through that. And it was so, yeah, so, so helpful. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, they're a really good. They're a really good place to start as well. Yeah. If you're a little bit confused yeah. Yeah. and not quite sure whether what you're feeling is, because I think that's another thing we don't always know is mental health. No, Sometimes agree. we yeah. just sit there and think there's something fundamentally wrong here, yeah. and I've got no idea what it is. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, no, it's a I really think you're good. Right. And it's yeah, places like that. You know, you can go there. And it sounds like you can read, you can read symptoms and yeah. like, oh my gosh, that is me. That's, that, yeah. that is how I'm feeling right And I now. think that is really important for men mm, yeah. um, because I think, again, women are more in tune to how we feel because we've always been told it's okay to be emotional because we are yeah. automatically classed as volatile and flighty <laughs> yeah. and emotional. So we kind of know way to start you know like if we are not feeling too good we you know we can we quite good at i'd like to think we're quite good at ticking things off i mean i've been confused over things yeah and it's taken you know even me i would like to say i'm quite an expert in my own mental health but there's been times where i've thought oh something all right you yeah, and it's taken yeah. me a while to pinpoint it it sneaks up on you doesn't exactly. it exactly what i find is that some suddenly something crops up and i'm like oh i thought i dealt with that yeah <laughs> i thought i'd saw it that, yeah. that bit out <laughs> Here it is again, but um, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think men, but you know, people generally are just not very good at identifying stuff no. always. And and you know, I when when I first started getting ill with my mental health, um, and when I was when I you know only been a carer for a few months under a lot of pressure, I ended up in hospital, and I I was in a ward, sort of sat there. Um, they lo- locked the doors, <laughs> locked me in. Um, and the psychologist came out and and I just sat there and said, "Oh, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm absolutely fine." And I was insistent that I was, I thought I was a hundred percent okay. <laughs> I, mean, I clearly wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> I was in hospital. Uh, I'd 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 overdosed. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was I was completely convinced that I was okay. 
Um, and it was months after until I felt, like at least admitted that I had an issue. Yeah. Let alone started to deal with it. Um, and you know what is my my wife that um, that sort of got me to that place. And you know I'm 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 her carer. She she has obviously a lot of needs, but oh gosh. There are so so many times when my mental health has been bad that she's carried me through things. Yeah. Um, oh. Even when you know she she's in, she can't you know she she can't do what she needs like the basic stuff. Uh, yeah. No. She's um she's got me through it. Oh, that sounds beautiful partnership. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go home and kill him. <laughs> Useless tool. <laughs> oh, no. it's, it's really interesting isn't it, to to because we had we had John on obviously yeah. and, and he said. Exactly what you said there. I'm fine. He said, mm. like, the, the default for most blokes will go, do you know what? I'm fine. I'm going to ask you how you are. You go, I'm fine. He said, yeah. just always ask it twice. Yeah. Always, if not yeah. twice, three times. Yeah. Go, because everyone's default will go, how are you? Yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Great. Absolutely yes. fine. Yeah, great. Absolutely But how are you really? And get mm. people to think about it and to get to pause before they before they ask it. And then they might go, well, actually, now you've asked a couple of times. And yeah. 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 I might be willing to share something. So, yeah. It's a reflex that I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah trying really hard not to use it, trying to get past that. To be honest, because because yeah, it does become that it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't want to, you know, if I, if I don't want to talk about it, then I just oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. But I think I think now I think people can generally tell <laughs> when I'm, yeah. when I'm not, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Listen, everything you're doing is 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 amazing. Yeah. Like raising awareness, raising awareness. The more vocal you are on, on social media, I think I think the better, and the more we can get people to, to to talk about mental health and just be open and honest about it. And and most importantly, like you say, get into running, go and seek some support yeah. from from yeah. various different mental health yeah. charities out there. I think the more we can do in this space. It's, yeah. Absolutely. Well, good luck with your hundred miles. Oh, thanks. I've and never... your sunflower. Oh, I feel like we should talk about the sunflowers. The sunflowers. We need context. I've never grown sunflowers before, <laughs> but well, I, I, I just, I should give my wife planted them. Yeah. So I've been getting credit for them on social media, <gasps> but it's 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 us. But so my wife started oh, it. I need to say that because otherwise <laughs> I'll get in trouble. But um, yeah, we planted these sunflowers and they, they've just grown huge. Never done it before. And they're, they're 10 foot now. Amazing. Like three of them in our garden, 10 foot. And I can see them from, you know, where, where I live. Just like, it feels like miles away. <laughs> you can just see these things. And like, I've seen neighbours now taking pictures of them and... And commenting on them, I'm like, oh, I'm... Why, I do think that's why sunflowers are popular because yeah. you buy them and you actually get a sense of satisfaction out of it. Oh, actually, I know. boom, look at that. It's I amazing. know, but um, they're giving me so much anxiety as well because <laughs> you know because because it's been windy the last like few days and and um, and like the the rope snapped and so this sunflower just sort of like wobbled oh. over. Um, so I was running out in the rain holding it and then I was like oh I, I don't know what to do now I can't stay here <laughs> so I've, I've just tied it up with rope and I've put multiple sticks trying to keep this thing Aww. trying to keep this thing standing note to self sunflowers are not good for mental health oh. <laughs> bring up anxiety yeah, get, no, get you need to think about structure it. ahead of time yeah <laughs> brilliant well good luck with thank it all you. and thank thanks so for coming on yeah, thanks so much me. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope we've inspired you a little bit. Like we said, do check out Iron Wales for further information and come and say hello at Iron Wales on our socials. Keep running.